Snap to Rodgers, looking. Rolls left, waits. Still looking. Throws it deep down the left side. He's got his man out of bounds on the far side, and it is incomplete. I thought the by ref, Jared Cook, the did ref, they say it was a completion? The ref catch. The ref single catch, and on comes Mason Crosby. 51 yard field goal attempt. Snap. Placement. Kick to the upright. And it is right down yes. the middle. It is good. And the Packers are going to the NFC Championship game. We go Green Bay. Pass is picked off. Go go Tremont Green Williams, Bay. and he may go. We go to they tried to bite off more yardage, and they just We go Green Bay to the divisional round of the playoffs. Some of the best memories as Packer fans are had during the divisional round, especially in this last decade. We have really uh, shined beautifully in several games in the in the divisional round. <laughs> Welcome to the Packer Force Podcast. I'm your host today, Black Mountain Peter Sill. I am joined here with my brothers, Elliot Sill. The professor and Andrew Sill, the legend. Um, guys, we don't have a game to wrap up this week. We did not play a football game last week during the wild card round. We are going straight on to the divisional round. All we have is a team rolling into the playoffs. We're better than we have been in so long that it feels like we're a completely different team than we were last time we were this good. It, it is a completely different team. It definitely Absolutely. is a completely different team. Uh, also, another completely different team than the last time that we faced them is the Seattle Seahawks. They're also regressing. They got Luke Wilson back earlier in the season, and they got Marshawn Lynch back. Now they're like turning back <laughs> yeah, into the 2014 Seahawks. Back into the old opponents. Like somebody, Which, somebody hide Cam Chancellor's cell phone. Like I. Which, I am fine with that. I am fine with them Are trying we sure to. Are sure Jimmy Graham's not a sleeper agent for them at this time? We, we don't ask that question. I don't want to think about that. Hopefully, hopefully he is not. Yeah, they actually knew how to use him. So the last time that the Seattle Seahawks came to Lambeau Field, they were a completely different team, and we killed them. Back in that game, we were all, I was waiting for them to come to Lambeau Field ever since the infamous 2014 NFC Championship game. That is Those two teams, that was the last great team that we had, um, you know, which thankfully really isn't that long ago, Mm -hmm. you know, but that was the last real shot that we had at a Super Bowl. I mean, 16, they went to the NFC Championship game and lost, mm. which is the same result as 2014, but it was just such a different... Yeah. Like, was one was like, a season and the other was a run. Yeah. Like, it's like all, <laughs> all the losing that we didn't do during that run, we took it out in one game. We are not there anymore. We have the Seahawks coming into Lambeau Field for a playoff game, which is truly what I have been waiting for. Do you feel... The vengeance. Where do you feel our team is at? Where do you feel our team is at? And where do you feel Packer Nation, the Black Mountain, the soul, the heart and soul of 
this this larger team is. I'm I'm kind of against the grain on this one because well, Twitter and the fan base is enamored with looking back at that playoff game and looking past the revenge we already got on them a couple seasons later. Uh. Uh, to me, that's the past. And like The Last Jedi said, which is the worst Star Wars movie, but you've got to let the past die. Kill it if you have to. That's, that's not us anymore. If you're looking for the Packers to want revenge, you're specifically saying Aaron Rodgers wants revenge. Because he's the only meaningful player on this team, really, that is still there. We don't have not the same true. coach. We don't have the same not receiving true. core. We don't have almost anything the same anymore. The game-winning touchdown was thrown on Tremont Williams's head, if you, yeah, but if he's you recall. Back. He left, and he came back. For this! He, for this moment! He had other journeys. This is like the end of Final Fantasy VII, when Cloud felt that Sephiroth hadn't died. And he thought he killed him, but he knew he needed to go on a journey through a lot of tunnels that he flew through with his body. And then he found Sephiroth. He just cut him, omni-slashed his ass into a billion pieces. That's where I feel we're at right now. The 2014 NFC Championship game was the worst playoff loss of all time for any team ever. I will fight that to the death. All right, one I have is Falcons Patriots Super Bowl. No, okay, that's a Super Bowl. I was gonna say not counting Super Bowls because, like, if you get to a Super Bowl and lose it, it's like it's yeah. it's on another level. Right, but right, right. Championship or below, like, suck a dick, Tuck Rule game. I don't give a shit about that. Like, there is no like the Minneapolis miracle can fuck off. The bullshit we wanted the refs to help us run the clock out game from the Saints can fuck off. This, the the 32-point comeback that the Bills sprung on the Houston Oilers in 1992 can lie on a patch of train tracks and just okay. wait. And I get what you're saying, and I get how and why the fan base feels that way. And I could get why Aaron Rodgers feels that and way. And Williams. Tremont feels that way. But out of the 53 and players and the entire coaching staff, how many motherfuckers offense. are thinking that way? I you think, think a few. Darius Smith gives a shit about that game? I think Tremont's sitting around a campfire telling ghost stories and getting everyone fired the fuck up about it. I think Zadarius. Do you think fucking Aaron Jones is worried well, about what happened in that game? Not everybody has okay, to be. Okay, so the thing is, is that it's not even about the football team. It's what's the narrative uh, that's being played out in national media and on Twitter too, because you see it everywhere on Twitter. It's the most important topic that I think people are talking about, that people are bringing up. With all the shit talking going on between Seahawks and Packers fans, you see most of it revolving around the last couple of games. And from the Seahawks' perspective, it's, oh, look, we took your fucking soul out in 2014. And then what happened, though? 
And then what happened? That's my response to the Seahawks fans that say that shit. But the thing is, so this is this is That's, what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying is that it doesn't matter if Tremont is sitting around telling stories; he's going to be asked about those stories. Yeah, and there, it's going to be brought up. It's going to be a part of the broadcast. Uh, you know, this well, Tremont, Sunday. Tremont's response on it was like, "I'm really glad I get this opportunity to go back out there." There you go. There you. That's go. what he said about it. So there's there's going to be some. This is going to be in Lambeau Field. Right, yeah, there's going to be something. Players that in Brandon the... Bostic is going to get talked about. He knows he's going to get brought up. Matt Hasselback's going to get fucking brought up. Sure, and over again. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's but a lot. The thing is, national fucking media narratives compared to what's actually going to play out on the field have nothing to do with one another. That's not true. The the game on the field is going to tuck itself right into this little fucking love story between the Seahawks and Packers that's been budding since that 2003 wild card mm-hmm. that had that had important matches the 2007 divisional round against the Seahawks mm-hmm. we remember that 13 and 3 Brett Favre 2000 season they seven season they played the Seahawks in the divisional round mm-hmm. Lambeau Field beautiful snowy wonderland the Packers kicked the shit out of the Seahawks it was Ryan Grant ran for a hundred thousand yards and Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre was throwing snowballs at people it was so fun right um and then you know the The thing is like Russell Wilson Aaron Rodgers is still one of those duels that like you'll see in within the whole uh spectrum of quarterbacks the most storied rivalry left in this playoff yeah yeah, absolutely. Besides maybe Seahawks. Uh, I, well, I mean, come on. We do have Packers, Vikings still. Yeah, but like. But I mean, quarterback versus quarterback. Quarterback versus quarterback. fucking yes. quarterback. He's, exactly. he's only two over 30. Exactly. So these are two guys that like one is on the way out. One is on the way up right now still kind no, of. One, one is at, at the up. Russell yeah. Wilson is not going to get better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't see him. Well, I don't know. You never know. I think he peaked go. about week eight. He's on the downslide. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I think there is something about that. He was like the front runner for the MVP, and then Lamar Jackson came and blew up the NFL. And, and he was like, "Oh, I'm old." Yeah, I got to overtime of the San Francisco game, and he fucking fell off a map. <laughs> yep, yep. Started throwing. And so you know, but the thing is, is that that's still there, like. It doesn't matter where you place Aaron Rodgers in this field of quarterbacks this year. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is still one of the greatest quarterbacks in the league, and Russell Wilson is looking to make his spot here. And this is like this is this is going to be a big game. This is one of those divisional round games that you know, like they say that this is the best week in football, better than the Super Bowl, better than the championship game because there's four really excellent games that Super Bowl teams are going to get kicked out of the playoffs in this week. And so, you know, this is Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. I think, you know... Well, the thing about those two is, like, there is a certain expectation for how they will play, and they're consistent enough to fit it, fit in there every time. Russell Wilson will make plays with his legs. He will do something you don't expect. Aaron Rodgers will make a throw that bedazzles you. Like, it, mm-hmm. it, it's, these guys are so great and so consistent, and every time these teams meet, cool shit happens. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. 
not necessarily cool for one of the teams, but at, from a league-wide perspective, <laughs> cool shit yeah. always happens when yes. the Packers play the Seahawks. Absolutely. And it's amazing. Whenever I think about the Seahawks, I still think of them as like an AFC refugee. Like that they're <laughs> yeah. that they're like not even in our realm. But at the same time, like we've played them more in the playoffs than like any other NFC team in the last Damn. twenty years. Yeah, the Seahawks are just one of those teams that we face. Yeah. The Saints it, aren't. It, <laughs> like it, everyone was expecting the Saints to be walking into Lambeau this weekend, but like it's it's just one of those things. Sometimes the narrative has to win and the Saints yeah. don't play the Packers, the Seahawks do. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it goes. Yeah, it's it, it is a weird. True. The gauntlet was thrown down in 2007. No, before that, when Mike Holmgren left the Green Bay Packers to go right. coach the Seattle Seahawks. Yep. Then things kind of got weird because they were a team that in '96 that we just went in there and crushed. Yeah. Like we went to Seattle, blew them out of the water, and then like Mike Holmgren went there and kind of started to get things going and. Matt Hasselbeck wanted to come in. Right, he went there too, and he was a former Packer. Yeah, and like, and they came back, and they were trying to prove something. Now John Schneider, like, yep, yep, it's a weird connection. Yeah, like it I is. feel that we should be more connected to the 49ers, but they're like our exotic girlfriend, like that <laughs> is like with her. Yeah, but like, yeah, that's like our West Coast flame. <laughs> yeah. Like we love these North rivals, but like that's our that's our like fucking work wife and and wife. It's like this is this is like we have a passionate relationship with the Seahawks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think Andrew, you don't think that, have we convinced you at all that no that okay all right fair enough. No, I uh, mean as far as like the history and the story that goes back to the tale of time. Yeah, we've got a crazy relationship. It goes back and forth. But I think this game that we're going to see, this team versus that team, it's it's something new. It's something different. We're a different team. We're a brand-new, emerging team. We just happen to have the same quarterback. If we didn't have the same quarterback, nobody would say those things. Well, like, they we have the same quarterback. They have the same quarterback. They have the same coach. They have this well, like a lot of they have Bobby Wagner is still there. Marshawn Lynch is back there. Like they have guys too. Anyway, but the reason yeah. why I think that that 2014 is important is because this is the first like we want to talk about the revenge we got in 2016, but that was regular season, you guys. This is a chance to truly end their life and to truly exact that revenge of ending a season in exchange for them ending our season. You can nip this team in the bud. We can nip yeah, this team in the neck. Searching for petty narratives, like it's not a petty are. narrative, Andrew. It's, it's a big, fat, fucking are. important narrative. Okay, so here, I'm going to split the difference on you guys real quick because I think we've gotten a lot, we've juiced a lot from this conversation. I want that revenge. Like I don't see that. I don't know. I think I handled that loss okay. Like it drank hurt. A lot. It hurt me for two weeks. But yeah, like stung. it really, really stung, and I've wanted this game for a long time. I've wanted this game since then, and I think like you know we haven't gotten it in the past few years. The Packers. I haven't, haven't been, been able good. to look back at that game, like really honestly, like not close my eyes and not shut my computer or throw my phone. Like I haven't right. been able to sit there and stare that game in so, the face and be like, wow, that's 
That's what actually happened. So I think there is still a little bit of that in the air. But Andrew, I think, honestly, like, on the field of play, it is going to be two new teams. It's going to be a new situation. It's going to be a new part of the story. Um, Matt LaFleur is the head coach of the Packers now. There, I mean, there is there's enough different. The, Aaron Rodgers is not the Aaron Rodgers that he was in 2014. Mm-hmm. Very sadly, sadly enough. Uh, I don't think he carries that same ship either. Look, I was watching a a TV show because I watch a lot of TV shows, and I was watching a TV show that has quotes pop up at the beginning that are relevant quotes to the episode. And the one that I saw that popped up today that fucking struck me is like, oh, that applies directly to this week of football. What episode of The Wire were you watching? No, it wasn't. It was a uh, Star Wars (laughs) cartoon. Okay. I didn't want to say it because I talk about Star Wars too much lately, but it was a Star Wars cartoon. Mm-hmm. And the quote is, revenge is a confession of pain. Mm. Revenge you know is a con- and for me, like, that hurt like fuck when it happened. And pain is a confession of but existence. You know what I'm saying? pain has dulled and died for me. I'm not, I'm not thriving and feeding into that pain anymore, like... I don't need revenge because I don't still hurt from that. What we have is a new thing, and it is pain-free. I want this to be its own thing, and I don't want it to hark back on old defeats. I want to win this game because this is this is who we are now. This is our story. This is our new story. This is a brand-new fucking journey that we're on. Yeah. I don't need to avenge old journeys because this ain't that. Okay. I mean, I see that. Like, this, this is... Like, if we win this game, it's not going to say we did it, we avenged the 2014 Packers, we can go ahead and get blown out in the conference championship and it'll be a, have been a successful year. No. we win year. this game, we got a fucking whole new fucking battle to fight. Right, and we'll already know who that's going to be. One thing I want to really hone in on about this game as, as we're in the early stages of the week is that by the time this game gets played, there will be five teams left eligible to win the Super Bowl and the Packers will be in the nice position of needing to beat three of those teams mm-hmm. uh, three of the five teams and be the other one of the other two so there will be five <laughs> teams left and there's one that we don't got to fuck up yep. um, but like our opponent will be decided I think Saturday I think I don't yeah. think it's going yeah. by conferences this time yeah so Saturday our our opponent will get to you know our would-be opponent gets decided, so we will know the stakes. Either we're like playing for that cha- conference championship at Lambeau, or we're playing to go to get Fran. revenge on San Francisco <laughs> for something that is part of this team's story now and this team's that journey. That will be a revenge game. Yeah, um, because of all if the, the teams. Eagles won, that would be a revenge game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who? Uh, that's anyway, this team. That's story. yeah. That that is getting too far ahead. Uh, I am just looking forward to to getting into this game. To uh, I, I've been looking forward to football for a long, long uh, ten days yeah, now no, at this point, it, or however this many. This late in the season, having a week off is fucking. It's hard, man. <laughs> it's tough. Yeah, but last week was a was a good week of football. Anyway, so we have these two <laughs> teams right here. And one thing that we don't do that much on the Pack Force podcast is analysis. We talk narrative, and we fucking talk about spirit and soul. But 
I want to talk a little bit analysis. Uh, we give like literary analysis. Exactly. Uh, I was thinking about like <laughs> stat guys. They bring their advanced math. I'm like, I bring my advanced <laughs> English, my advanced <laughs> literary techniques into this bitch. What foreshadowing was there for this fucking game? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so how, how do you feel like this team stacks up against the Seahawks? How do you feel about that matchup? I think the Packers are a very odd team in that they're really underrated and mm-hmm. because they're so thought of as being overrated mm-hmm. like they're they are the the worst 13 and 3 team of all time according to objective observers but also like where's the gap where's the weakness on this team Mm-hmm. You're gonna tell me that this team's the worst thirteen and three team of all time because of its second wide receiver not being that good. I mean, like Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers. When people talk about Aaron Rodgers as an average quarterback, that's like that's the problem with math is it gives you an answer that's a number, and the number tells you that Aaron Rodgers falls in the middle. But what happens is that Aaron Rodgers is an excellent fucking quarterback with some dog shit fucking tendencies and what happens is it balances out mm-hmm. and he does excellent he's he is the best quarterback of all time for a diminishing percentage of his plays mm-hmm. and on those other plays he does dumb shit and takes too long and is like in some bad like he's not an av- he's not an average quarterback in the way that like andy dalton is an average quarterback right he's an average quarterback in the way that like Peyton, a 100 and a zero average out to 50. Right, exactly. Um, so he has been at times a weakness, but he's also like, if this team's going to win a Super Bowl, he's going to be a strength. He's going to do the things that win us a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And you have to just have faith that that side of him is going to come out at the right time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, that can happen. You feel? Do you feel that at all? Is that I, I, a, a little part of me feels that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and part of me feels like the Packers could come out, win this game by thirty, and everyone's like, "Oh shit, they don't have a weakness." Mm-hmm. Like one game to get on equal footing with the Ravens. <laughs> like the, like I right. think we could really just like explode because we haven't yet. We uh-huh. haven't peaked, and I think like it's okay to put it all together now. Like, it's a let it go. Just let it fucking go. So this is, uh, yes, yes. And I think, I believe that Aaron Rodgers can get back on that level just because something that I heard in his post-game press conference against the Lions and what it sounded like was accountability. What it sounded like was questioning. When he was talking about his throws, he was like, you know, I don't know. This This is the impression that I got. I don't know what it was. Like, he was like, what am I doing? What went wrong there? And it sounded like there was some sort of, it sounded like there was accountability. Like, he wasn't just like, yeah, it was all their fault, basically. He was like, yeah, some of those throws didn't come out right. There was, I think there was an ownership of the fucking up. Seeing... And that's I, and I that I think that's what I want to hear. And yes, it could be worrisome. It could be worrisome too that like maybe he doesn't have it anymore. But that's exactly the type of shit that I'm here to see. 
<laughs> that's the type of shit that, like, you know what? Fucking let's go. Let's watch. Let's see. Put it out on the field and let's see what you got. Because I think, you know, like these turning points, these moments are what make the NFL so great. Look, we're all obviously rooting for Aaron Rodgers to fucking come out of a hyperbolic chamber and having recovered from battles be better than he ever has been. But do you think we can win this game if he comes out and puts up another subpar performance? Yes. I think we can. Yes. Yeah. I kind of suspect that that's going to happen, and I'm rooting for us to win this game whether or he doesn't do anything. I love Aaron Jones. I like Jamal Williams a lot. I am so enthralled by our defense right now. I think we can still win this game if Aaron Rodgers does what Aaron Rodgers did in a couple of his worst weeks. Mm-hmm. Ever since his surgery, his long ball has not looked great. It didn't look great last year. It didn't look great this year. It's definitely not he's the same. Missing, he's missing long balls often. Oh, yeah, I feel like he. some of the strength is still there. Like I think about the throw to Bob Tanyan against Seattle last year. You guys remember that shit? Yeah, uh, I mean that's like that's fucking crazy. Sixty yards across his body on the run, like that's one of the fucking craziest throws of all time. <laughs> like that, I, honestly, I think that's up there with the hail marys because that's back across. Like that shit is crazy. I think the strength is there, but I think the refinement isn't there. Like the structure, whatever happened with the bones, it's not. It's it, like the refinement isn't exactly there. The fine tuning of it and the accuracy, which has faltered since then. So, can I make a can I make a counterpoint to sure. something Andrew said? Absolutely. I'm more. I think I'm more worried about our defense than I am about our offense because of two reasons. One. Detroit doesn't have a good run game, and they ran down our throats doing something that other teams hadn't, which was just simple HB dive runs right at the center, like right up the middle, right at Kenny Clark. And they made Blake Martinez have to quickly pick a side, and they just ran by him into the second level over and over again and i hadn't seen other teams do that i think that's something that the seahawks scouting department can easily pick up on and not department but when they scout us Mm -hmm. they'll easily pick up on and they have travis homer who's like a pretty speedy guy and they have marshawn lynch who's marshawn the fuck lynch the second reason which is more concerning for me actually is because we had gotten our revenge on the Seahawks and beaten the shit out of them twice. There was the game in 2016, and there was the game in 2017. We beat them 17-9, to mm-hmm. the score by which they won last week, coincidentally enough. And those were Dom Capers' defenses. And last year, with the game on the line and our season like coding circling the drain 
we punted the ball back to them with like five minutes left and never got it back because Mike Pettin's defense could not stop a basic running attack from them. The way that Mike Pettin's defense played them last year has me a little bit concerned. And the way that we got gashed in the run game by the Lions has me a little bit concerned. And so I'm really worried about how their run attack is going to hit us. Now, it is a relief that Chris Carson and CJ Procise and fucking another guy that I don't even know his name, don't remember it right now, their top three running backs are out. <coughs> they got Marshawn fucking Lynch. Mm-hmm. So they're not soft in that department. They are going to run at us. They're not going to say, okay, Russell, go win with DK Metcalf and a bunch of fucking clowns. Like, they're going to try and run at us, and I'm not sure right now that we can defend the run effectively. We'll have to prove that point. And whoever we're working on the line, like, when we were running those four-man fronts of Z, Preston, Clark, and Gary, they were effective because teams were passing on us or running to the outside. When we took those fronts and we had them run by all those dudes, and at Blake Martinez, they were getting 6, 7, 8, 10, 12, 13-yard gains. So Mike Pettin has a lot to prove, and this run defense has a lot to prove. I don't know, man. I think you just sold me on a loss. (laughs) (laughs) Did I do too well? Shit. Fuck. I am actually not as worried about the Seattle Seahawks run offense that just brought back Marshawn Lynch from the couch. I mean, that is about like us bringing back Jordy Nelson. Right. But I would love to bring back. I would love that too. It's not going <laughs> to happen, but like, hell yeah. Like, especially since they brought back Marshawn. Like, I feel like yeah. we should sign him tomorrow. Right, right. Absolutely feel like it's only fair. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I am not that worried about Marshawn Lynch because he's still not the first guy in their offense. And I think he's not – Does it like Carol, Mar- did, Carol, there was an article on ESPN <coughs> today. Carol said he was going to be a bigger part of the offense and get more touches. So Sure. that's uh, Like, I'm okay with that. I am not afraid – of them, I'm it's still, yeah, I'm still confident. Being on the couch as your stamina drops, so give him as many touches as you want. Yeah, dude, and like, him out. okay, is he ready to play in Lambeau Field? Is he like, is he ready to fucking take twenty five snaps? Hell no. Like, uh, Marshawn Lynch is a great football player. You know, like he, he's a better person. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. I mean, he could play on any team. He could be one of the running backs on any team. But what team? is he going to actually be the number one back on? Like, that's how fucking defunct Seattle is at the running back position. And, like, what's, what were the numbers from the second half of that Lions game? Did they run all over us in the second half, or did they get, like, 45 yards total? So, like, I'm, I'm actually fairly confident about that. DK Metcalf did start to emerge as kind of a freak, but he also did that on the Eagle secondary, and I have a lot more faith in our secondary to be able to take care of guys like uh, Tyler Locke. Yeah, that's a lot of speed, but I, I, 
think we have a lot of speed on in our secondary, and I think we're actually really well equipped to take care of that attack. I think we're pretty well equipped actually to take care of Russell Wilson and to take care of this run game, and I'm actually really confident that we that our defense is uh, is going to have itself a fucking game. So, I mean, you've heard both sides of the coin from my perspective. I've talked about what if we blow them out by 30. I've talked about why I'm fucking nervous. Yep. Um, the one thing that we haven't really talked about yet is, like, Aaron Jones and the, his his game mm-hmm. going against their defense. Yep. Um, and with Aaron Jones, I feel like defenses that – there are certain defenses that get how to stop him. And certain defenses that don't. And I'm not sure if the Seattle defense is one of those. Like which one they are. Yeah. I don't <coughs> I don't think so. I think Bobby Wagner is a great middle linebacker, but he's getting up there in years. And I think Aaron Jones is kind of a new truth. Like, there's something that's so slippery, so elusive and explosive about him. That he's got a kid on the way. He does. He's got a kid on the way. He's going to be a daddy. He's going to win this one for the baby. Yep, 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 yep. I, I like Aaron Jones in this game. I like Jamal Williams in this game, too. You know? I don't mind Jamal Williams in this game. I, I never mind Jamal Williams. Yeah. Pete Carroll's defense has always been straightforward. He's going to try and beat you as straightforward as possible. He's going to rush four, maybe five, and he's going to fucking just let his corners stick to one side of the field, and he's going to, you know, he's just going to let them play, you know? Here's a question I have. From what I've seen, Seattle is notoriously bad at covering tight ends. We have a tight end that came from Seattle. We have a tight end that has kind of let us down all year and last. Are we in position to exploit that weakness? Can Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Graham connect? Do we need to throw other tight ends in there? Do we need to get Mercedes Lewis, Jace, and uh, Tanyan involved to try and really rip that hole wide open? Is Jimmy the guy? Is Jimmy going to have a redemption game here? I would love us to run a run a fourteen, a play out of the fourteen package. Aaron <laughs> Jones and four tight ends, just first play of the game. Just run Going fucking fourteen. Just run seam routes with, with two passes. guys. Yeah, that would be. I'd love to see it. All right. So I think I feel Andrew like there's two things that you could be asking for. A Jimmy Graham redemption game or a Jay Sternberger sighting. And this is kind of where I'm at. Or I, a Bob Tanyan remix. Or I'd Bob Tanyan from last year. <laughs> so I think... Fuck be- receivers. Let's just throw to all the tight ends all game. I think you can expect four to five catches from Jimmy Graham, which I would love to see. They gotta be big. I would, I would love to... I, I don't think they have to be big. I would love to see one from Bob and one from Mercedes. And then if you can get one or two from Jay Sternberger. 
I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know. So, if, I don't know if this is the time for Jay Sternberger. I don't. I really don't know. What is this? What they've been saving him for? I don't know. Maybe, but here's Not, here, Matt Lafleur might pull some sneaky. What if Matt? What if the playbook is just totally different? <laughs> what if Aaron Rodgers is like, look, we're going to practice. Fucking, you're the this Matt Lafleur offense every day in practice. And then on game day, I'm just gonna run my bullshit. <laughs> and then and then they're ready for the playoffs, and it's just like kill shot to Danny Vitale, <laughs> <laughs> kill shot to Jay Sternberger, fucking MVS over the top every time. Fucking Packers eighty six, Seattle three. Trevor Davis end around like <laughs> we've just been Jamon Moore. <laughs> Equiminius. <laughs> Ripkowski. Ripkowski. No, that's he's in Dallas now. Yeah. Oh, is he? I thought he was dead. He's he, well. He's he's waiting outside Mike McCarthy's house in a tent, or out his his hotel. Yeah. Ripkowski. <laughs> hey, Ripkowski. Yeah. I'm still sad that we never got Rip started after Coon left. Rip. Hey, that was fun for like a second. But McCarthy, oh, let's 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 digress. Let's talk about Mike Mike McCarthy getting hired in Dallas. Okay, really quickly. I love talking about the Packers. I mean, Mike McCarthy right. is the Pack. You you don't love talking about Mike McCarthy? I usually do. Listen, usually do. we don't have we don't have to talk about. It. We can just say congrats, 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 Mike McCarthy. Congrats. I'm, I'm excited for the opportunity you. that you get. I hope you fail miserably. I'm re- like this. This could open up the Dallas rivalry. Like, yeah, it's been uh, pretty one-sided. It's been it's been a little boring. Like with Jason Garrett, it's, it's a like shame oh, that we don't have them on our schedule next year. Yeah, I know that. I was thinking about that. I was like, you well, know, not if, for three years. If Mike McCarthy goes to the Browns. He's playing the Packers next year. Oh yeah, no, he went. Right? Well, I mean, like that's like respectful, right? He's like mm-hmm. not gonna not gonna go to a team that's playing the Packers next year, but unless it's the playoffs. Yeah, and it. Oh my God, there. God damn it, there needs to be a McCarthy Rogers game. Yeah. That has to happen, and yeah. when it does, that's gonna be the biggest fucking showdown. <laughs> like that is that is Anakin versus Obi Wan. Oh, yeah. yeah, if it was on the schedule, that shit would have happened week one. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. That would be a Fox America's game of the week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Sunday night football. They just re air it. Yeah. It'd be the same game. I'm I am excited to see what Mike McCarthy can do with this team. With with that team. I'm not excited to see fucking Jerry Jones or any other part of the Cowboys. But like I'm excited to see him fucking turn that franchise back into the greatness that well especially since like mike mccarthy is so much the anti-jason garrett that like everyone who fucking hated being around him on that team is gonna feel so good that mike mccarthy comes in and fucking has plans yeah yep and like of course that's the guy that jerry jones thinks is the greatest coach of all time because mike mccarthy would beat jason garrett in anything (laughs) mike mccarthy mike mccarthy has probably slept with jason garrett's wife (laughs) that's how much he owns that fucker Uh, jason garrett's kids call mike mike mccarthy papa (laughs) 
love it. I love it. They all got cock eyes. <laughs> <laughs> From Mike McCarthy's cock. All right, so there's a couple other coaches that I want to talk about. Uh, and that's Matt LaFleur, and that's Pete Carroll. How do you think these guys match up? Well, you have Ryan Reynolds versus Grandma Pete. <laughs> No, I uh, I'm I'm very curious about this. Like, especially that's that's kind of a fun thing about having a young, new, first time coach is like you really do want to see how he matches up with all these old hands of the NFL. And when I look at how Lafleur has matched up so far against other coaches, I kind of sussed out the the coaches the Packers have faced this year, and. I'm going to put Pete Carroll in the same category as a few guys that maybe he does or does not deserve to be in a category with. But I'm talking about old school football kind of guys that he coached against this year. There mm-hmm. was Mike Zimmer, yep. Jason Garrett, who's borderline, but you know uh, yeah, he's been whatever. in the league long enough. John Gruden, Andy Reid, Ron Rivera. Pat Shermer, Bill Callahan, kind of old fogey types. Um, Vic uh, Vic Fangio, I would say not quite there just because he's a first-year head coach. I mean, you can count him in there or not. He's either 8-0 against those guys or Mm 9-0, however you want to split it. Mm -hmm. So he is, in his one season, historically matched up well against the old establishment types. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think Pete Carroll... He's thought of as like a young, like a young man's coach. Like he's that energetic. He's that the yeah. uh, like college type atmosphere kind of guy. He bridges. He's a good one at bridging the gap. Yeah. Like there's something old school and new school about it. Like he understands the personality of the new school, but it, like he's, you know, yeah, intrinsically old school. I like Mac, Matt Lafleur in this. In this matchup, that's what I have to say. I like where he has this team. I think it's a new team, it's a new breed, and it's working. And it's working against old school coaches, right? It's new school that works old school. And so I, I just like Matt Lafleur in this game. Oh, I think Pete Carroll is perennially twenty-eight years old. <laughs> It's hard to look at him like an old school coach because he he's always had this energy. Like, despite him being old as shit, you would never put him in the same category as a Belichick. He's not that kind of old school grit. He's like standing on top of lockers and fucking throwing candy at the kids, and he's doing all kinds of goofy shit. Masturbating I, in the it, in the really boys' like room. Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll's a good coach. I hope to death that we outcoach the shit out of him. Man, I have to say. But uh, if we're going to win, I don't think that's the area we're going to do it. I don't think Matt LaFleur is on that level yet where he's going to outduel Pete Carroll. I think we're going to have to win through grit and just being better on the field. Well, they're a gritty team, man. 
They they're they're gritty as I mean, us. Their point historically they've been a gritty team, but this ain't the Legion of Boom no more. They're the Legion of we can exploit some weaknesses. Yeah, they did get they did get the shit kicked out of them by the Rams in like week mm-hmm. thirteen or whatever fourteen, whatever it was. Yeah, that was a blowout loss. But if you actually it's interesting, if you look at the standings, the Seahawks point differential you know, people talk about us being the worst thirteen and three team of all time. Our point differential was plus sixty three. Mm-hmm. Theirs at eleven and five was plus seven. Six yeah. games over five hundred, plus seven point differential. See, that's you know that's what I'm saying. Like that's what makes this team just a good team. We kicked their ass in 2016. We kicked their ass in 2014 too. We yeah. were shutting them out sixteen to zero with like five minutes left and or whatever we kicked their ass and then they just won anyway because did you get that that fucking that two-point conversion are you kidding me did you oh that you watch that again like that one fucking breaks my heart as much as anything like that hurts so bad like after that like the fucking onside kick just seemed inevitable no the onside kick was before that the onside kick was actually before the two-point conversion. The two-point conversion was on the touchdown after they took the lead. Yeah, I thought I thought that was be- – yeah. No, no, no. That yeah, was to I, put yeah, them up course, by three. If we get that onside kick, we run the game out, it's over. Like, yeah. we were in fucking free-fall mode. Free-fall yeah. panic, yeah. And the Marshawn Lynch yeah. touchdown run was like he was running on one of those teams that's playing against a seven-year-old with cancer and wants to let him run into the end zone. Like, that's what the Marshawn Lynch touchdown defense looked like. <laughs> but look, to me, what I'm saying is to truly move on, which, like, I have, and we all should, we need to forgive Brandon Bostick. I you have room in your heart to forgive Brandon Bostick? Like, yeah. I do. Same, but, same like, words. well. I forgive you, Brandon. It's funny because your cat is talking. My cat is fucking clawing at the door trying to get out to the attack the other cat. <laughs> Clyde. These cats want to be in these podcasts. <laughs> Clyde, do you forgive Brandon Bostick? Man, oh, the, what, they're such a shitty podcast. They let their cat come in the room and meow. <laughs> Fuck you, stupid asshole. Speaking of, hey, cats speaking of awesome podcasts, we do this thing on this podcast. Uh, where we have special powers, we all have abilities. And Andrews comes after one important question. Legend. Huh. Yeah, drunk? I guess. I thought you said you was drinking. I mean, I am. You've been but drinking like, Fireball. I would like to do another hour and be really wasted before I got there, but I uh, guess nobody wants to listen to that much of this. I mean, I do. <laughs> <laughs> we could end now, or we could keep talking about forgiving Brandon Bostic. <laughs> Guys, we haven't even talked about Zadarius Smith's all-pro snub yet. Here's the thing. <laughs> Zadarius Smith is going to kill Everyone. Yeah, like we haven't even got to fucking talking about what we're 
expecting from this defense? Actually, no. I think Zadarius is going to kill everyone with Preston. He's going like Zadarius Smith. I think Preston Smith is going to have like two sacks and an interception this game. Okay. I love that. I because Zadarius is my guy, but I would love this to be a Preston game. Preston has gone dark. Preston got to the sacks lead with 13 and then like sat on it and he hasn't been getting the sacks. We all talked about him fucking buying Rolexes for everybody and then then he fell off. Zadarius rose and he had that three and a half sack game in Minnesota. It is Preston's turn to come in when everyone's focused on Z saying how's he going to respond to the snub. He tweeted out that he was always, you know, proved his haters wrong. And it's time for Preston to come in and be like Oh shit! We we just blew up the security budget on the wrong Smith, <laughs> the wrong Agent Smith. Yeah, I forgot about Preston. And Darnell Savage is going to get an interception. Okay. Yup. I got yeah, I got Rashawn Gary I down for two sacks like and an interception. interception game. It's going to be fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. Two from King, three from fucking Jair. It's just going to be great. I think <laughs> the whole fucking defense is like, that's what's up, man. We're going to really rise to this occasion. Blake Martinez nice. and Kyler Fackrell are going to joint catch an interception together. <laughs> from what I hear, I'm expecting great things out of Fackrell. Yeah. Oh, they say he can spy the quarterback. Yep. <laughs> Corey Banky thinks fucking uh, Dean Lowry is going to be completely unblockable this game. I've got no reason to disagree with that. Me and Dean is my guy. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, if they're spending time on Kenny Clark, fuck yeah. Let Dean, let Dean, mean Dean feast. Mm-hmm. I just want to see us play our best football. If we do that, we are not going to lose. Yep. We are a better team than this Seahawks team. Like we are, like yeah, I think, I, agree. I think we are, <laughs> because we're. I feel like we're the only, we're one of the few teams in the NFC that still feels like it has to keep getting better. You know who we are? We're the 1997 Denver Broncos. Okay. I would take that. Yeah. <laughs> I would well, take that. Other than the fact that they cost us a Super Bowl. Yeah, are we going to beat ourselves in the Super Bowl? Is that what you're no, saying? No, <laughs> we're going to beat everyone else when they don't expect it. The you got young Lamar Jack, young Patrick Mahomes. There is no team in the playoffs right now who is more entitled to a Super Bowl championship than us. Like Matt Lafleur is a first year coach, but Aaron Rodgers is the coach of this team. <laughs> so, like there, there's nobody out there who you say like. Man, like if the Saints were still in it, it would be kind of weird to be like, okay, we're getting a Super Bowl in here, but the Saints, but they're fucking dead, so fuck off. The Ravens are a first year (laughs) good team. Andy Reid is Andy Reid. Like, I guess, you know, that's the kind of the team that you're looking at is like the old, like. But he's not entitled for a reason. He's entitled because he blows it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Mahomes, like. Still a second-year guy. Like, this is his regression year from his MVP season. Like, you still got to regress. Right. You don't get to regress and win the Super Bowl. Like, come on. Fuck off, buddy. Screw that. 
It's going to be an amazing, amazing Super Bowl when Matt LaFleur rematches his former team in the Titans. <laughs> Man, why can I, like, see that Super Bowl so vividly? Yeah. And why would it be – I don't know. It feels like both of us would be wearing our white jerseys. Yeah. I don't know why I thought that, too. It's like we wear white and they wear white. Yeah. That was fun. That, same wavelength. Same wavelength. God. Man, we're such we're such brothers. We're like real brothers. Yeah, we're like related AF. <laughs> I don't want to do force powers. Are you drunk enough? I mean, that's really what we were waiting on. I mean, I don't care. Fuck it. What is your rant? My rant. I've been annoyed by the overly fucking catchphrase happy fucking Packer fan base all year. We're all looking for catchphrases to catch on to. Everybody got too excited about those the North is not enough shirts and then I had to tell everybody that uh, they do those for every fucking division winner and that stopped being cool real quick. Carry the G eh, fuck it, that's corny. That's all. All gas, no fucking break. The one that I love the one that stands out to me is a new team doing a new thing looking to reestablish itself is defend the lamb. We've got a playoff game at home in Lambeau Field. As much as I love every player on this team, and even though I doubt some of them, the most important thing, the MVP of this game, is going to be Green Bay, Wisconsin. Mm. We're at home. We are going to be in cold weather. We are going to be in the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field for a divisional round fucking playoff game against somebody that we have every right to hate. Hate them because of old shit. Hate them because of new shit. Hate them because fuck it. They're our opponent, and that's all you need to fucking hate somebody. They're coming into our house. They don't get to fucking win in our house. They don't get to win in our house. We're the Green Bay Packers. This is Lambeau Field. I don't know if you know this, but that fucking means something. You come to Green Bay, Wisconsin in January in cold weather, you get your ass fucking handed to you. I don't care what kind of fucking game Aaron Rodgers puts up. You're not going to score a point. We're going to send you out zero to fucking three and dominate you. That's not going to be the case. But point stands, Lambeau Field is fucking a glorious place where football lives and dies. Without Lambeau Field, the NFL should just fold it up and fucking go home and think about being a baseball league. It's going to be a fucking beautiful thing in a beautiful place with a beautiful sport with legends. And like, you've seen the new Star Wars? If you haven't, you're an idiot. But, like, Ray looks up at the sky and people talk to her. That's fucking... That's Lambeau Field. Aaron Rodgers is going to have a moment where the fucking sky opens up and Vince Lombardi and Bart Starr and Brett Favre and Sterling Sharp and Willie Wood and 
Reggie fucking White, Ray Nitschke, Reggie White, every single fucking person. They're all going to speak through us. Defend the lamb because the lamb is everything. It's where we live. It's where we die. And if we die at the lamb, then fuck it. I bet it'll be an honorable death. But goddamn it, a playoff game in the divisional round in Lambeau Field. Get your fucking power up, fans, because we're going to need some energy. Get it going. I must fucking kill these Seahawks. I have spoken. That was right. That was a slow clap. That was an awkward slow clap, but I'll take it. (laughs) Mountain. Yep. What do you see? The mountain's ready for this game. And really what I'm looking to, where the power needs to come from on the field, is the youth of this team. Is this this is the youngest team that we've had in a long time? Aaron Jones, Jair Alexander, Jamal Williams, Alan Lazard, Marquez Valdez Scantling. Jake Kumaro might as well be young. <laughs> Elton Jenkins, Kenny Clark, shit, Zadarius Smith, all the free agents that we signed, young free agents. I'm looking at a couple guys in particular. I think Aaron Jones, of course, and Jair Alexander is someone who I think was expected to be a leader of this team. And I think it's time. It's the the lights are big, and that dude loves lights. He understands lights. Mm. It's time for him. It's gonna be a night game. It's going to be a night game. Blake Martinez got all pro votes. Got a lot of tackles. Got a lot of tackles. He's young. He's old. He's old young. Yeah. That's what I see. He's like 50-year-old baby Yoda. (laughs) (laughs) Professor. Yeah. got a formula? No. <laughs> well, that was a disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't have a formula, but I have a point. Say what you feel, son. This Packers team is... It's a, it's a unique team. We we have we are departed from the the formulas of the past which was give the quarterback the ball as much as possible and do the other things well enough to win. This is not that type of a team. This and I think I feel like we are embryonic. 
and we are we are feeling our way through successfully finding ourselves figuring things out and what i feel about this team is that there's a real like a dark energy to them this team to me doesn't this this team doesn't feel like the good guys as much as other teams have this doesn't feel like the classic hero set this team feels a little more to me like the the you know the kings of of the ugly win and the the everyone else finds us disgusting and i just want to keep digging into that dirt and bring the seahawks into our our cesspool and just fucking kill them with our ugly ugly dark style of of it's it's our place it's lambeau field bring them in and just take their soul let's take their soul song style That's my formula. All right. I love it. Take their soul. Mortal Kombat. I, I love the image that you painted there. I think that's one that you don't see often of this team, but you see it in the gray hairs of Aaron Rodgers' beard. You see it in the nappy dreads of Darius Smith. And you see it in that sombrero that Aaron Jones wears around. Two, two pro bowlers. Not a single all pro. Nobody likes us. We're unloved. We're unlovable. We love us. Yep. We're all we need. We are. This is, this is our week. I'm so excited for this game. I'm super excited, too. What are you cooking? That was to you, Legend. What am I cooking? I don't know what I'm cooking. What am I cooking? We gotta figure that out. Birds. Some sort of bird. Wings and brats? Love it. That sounds right. Can't go wrong. It's a fucking winning strategy every time. Then the Pack of Forest podcast. Wings, brats, ugly Wings. wings. Yeah, I thought you were going to be like Wings Beer Sports, like the Buffalo Wild Wings. 